Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. In this episode, we're going to discuss childhood bereavement. We look at when children start to understand the concept and finality of death and how we can help to prepare them for it. We're also going to be exploring what we can do to help children through their grief. So for those of you who have joined us before, you may know that we have a regular little feature, which is Challenge Bex. Um, So this is where I give Bex a scenario to see how much she has potentially been listening to me over all these years that we've worked Mm -hmm. together. Uh, Bex has her own children, which some of you may know. She has twins, but she hasn't got childcare qualifications or training. So she is talking purely from a parent perspective and what she might know. So we give her a little scenario, see how she goes. And then at the end, we'll come back and just review and see how she got on. So if you were out for a walk with your children and you came across a dead animal, just natural wildlife, you know, it's happened. How would you react and what would you do? How would you feel as well, I think? Well, I'd probably be a bit squeamish, so that wouldn't really help. No. Um, and so I might be a bit, I might. it might give me a bit of a fright, but that's just because that's, not because it's necessarily because it's dead, but just because it's something you don't expect to see, isn't it? Um, so I might have a bit of a jump, which probably wouldn't be a great start because that's not really good role modelling. I think I would, because, because I'm sure that they would see it as well. And I suppose, do we know how old the children are? Let's say four. Okay, so they're four. So they might say, oh, look, that that rabbit sleeping over there. And I think I, I've always been taught as, you know, from my own experiences, from my own childhood experiences, um, that you should always talk about death. And that's, you know, my dad's worked with bereavement for, well, pretty much his whole life. Um, he was a chaplain at um, a hospice. And so, you know, we've had that throughout our lives. So we've always been exposed to it. And so I think I would straight away say, oh, no, no, they're not sleeping. You know, they've died. And then I think it's quite tricky when they're four, I would say, to explain really what that means. Mm -hmm. And so because I would imagine that you're going to get a lot of questions like, so when are they going to wake up? Even although you've just said they've died, they look like they're asleep, don't they? Well, but their eyes are closed. And I think I'm not sure that I would try and explain necessarily too much because I think it, I'm not sure that it's going to help. But I think I would try to say that um, everybody has a life, people are born and people die. And when people die or when animals die, when things die, um, a bit like a flower, perhaps I might compare it to a flower. And you know that when mummy has roses and they die, then you you can't keep them and you have to throw them away. That's hard, isn't it? Because you wouldn't want to say you throw the rabbit away. Oh my goodness. No, I won't say that. <laughs> um, so I think, but I still think I might say you can't keep the roses once they've died. And so and this is what's happened. You know, this animal has 
died and it's not going to come back. And maybe, you know, if they ask questions a bit later on or they talk about it, maybe I would talk about it. But remember, we saw that rabbit, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that happens to everybody and that's the circle of life type thing. And then maybe we'll watch Lion King. <laughs> I was just about to say, then suddenly there's the theme tune to The Lion King. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good answer. I think it's also interesting how you... And I think this is something to probably get started with is your experiences as a child yourself mm-hmm. and how you were exposed to the concepts of life and death. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably had quite similar kind of experiences with that as I did. So with because of your dad's job, but also because of my parents' job, mm-hmm. they're both in farming and it was very much about the life cycle. You know, things are born and that's amazing, and they have a life, and then things die. And so I always grew up kind of knowing that was a concept and accepting it quite openly that it's it's what happens. It doesn't mean I'm not emotional when those things happen. If I've lost someone close to me, it's still emotional and it's still upsetting, but it was never kept from me. And I suppose, in a way, it was a great way of teaching me without it being specific to someone had died Mm -hmm. and my parents trying to have to explain that it was done through the animals on the farm or actually through my pets as well so what is your youngest experience of death (laughs) oh I don't want to upset anybody and I think putting I'm going to put this here in this say this right now um For some people, this can be quite triggering to talk about death and hearing certain words and everyone has a very different experience. And so I'm certainly not going to make this that it's not important and it's not hard for people, um, purely talking from my own experiences. Mm -hmm. And people listening may, as you go through the podcast, kind of go, wow, this is quite, you know... Hard-hitting. Hard-hitting, because actually you might not have had it kind of spoken to you in this way before just going to put the caveat out there that you know please be careful if you're you know listening to this and you are feeling a bit feeling a bit then you might want to just take this in bits and kind of think about things or you know we do have like a blog on this and things like that that might be easier to read first and also just to say and we'll probably say this at the end as well in that blog there's loads of um, numbers and things if people want further support you know and we're obviously on our social media and things more than happy to talk to people about things and help give them some direction and that absolutely so going back to your question of my foot earliest memory um it was actually with a cow that I used to ride down to the field and back as a child. So when my parents used to milk the cows, Mm -hmm. they used to go down to the field. We used to go and collect them from the field to come up for milking. Mm -hmm. And she used to let me ride on the back of her. Uh, Yeah, until one day she wasn't actually there. Mm. Yeah. There was no, no cow when I went to the field with my parents. What was her name? Do you remember? Yeah, Martha. Oh. Got photos of it and everything. However, she wasn't there, and I was like, where's she gone? And my dad's like, well, she she got old, and um, she wasn't very well, and so 
when that happens, sometimes, you know, animals die. And, you know, it's really sad, but she's died. And that's... And I was like, right. Okay. And it was given to me in that quite, you know, not because my dad's... My dad has an element of bluntness (laughs) because that's how he views it, it, life and death and everything else. But yeah, that's my first experience. I know. I think that that often is the first experience we had. Um, my dad, he's a, he's a chaplain, but he was a vicar before that. And so again, you know, all that kind of baptism and funerals, all part of your life. And I remember that um, I was helping my mum cook tea or something. And he came in and he said that his auntie, his auntie Mary, who'd really brought him up, was dying in Bristol. And we were living in London and he needed to go to see her. And um, I remember when he came back, I said, oh, you know, what happened? And he said, well, she waited for me to come and she smiled and then then she she died. And that, you know, even talking about that now to me is so emotional, but it was said with such care and it made me feel like death was quite a, was a nice thing mm-hmm. rather than it being oh, a, I know it does, it makes you feel quite, because it, because it's, it's I think a lot of it is actually about how people deal with it as well and how people are like dad how he was in front of me you know mm-hmm. yeah look at me tears no but that's more that's happy you know that's not that's not a sad thing and I think that that in some respects it's you know in some respects talking about um the memories that you've had with people and you know savoring those last moments and things it is what I remember you do remember from your childhood and so that's why it's so important to be so open with children and I think this probably for people who are listening if you weren't brought up in an environment where Mm. death was talked about and that maybe you didn't experience it as a child and you're potentially only experiencing it now as an adult that can be quite hard Mm. to be emotionally processing that yourself mm-hmm. and alongside kind of supporting your children yeah. and that can be quite a, a, a massive thing and I think I would always say kind of really reflect on how you see it how do you feel about talking about it if you feel very reluctant to do that and that it's not something that you feel comfortable with it might be that that's what you have to work with mm-hmm. first before you can work with talking to your children because they are amazing at picking up when we feel uncomfortable or anxious or worried and so if they're picking that up but not getting the explanation as to what is going on and why are you acting like this and we kind of gloss over it it's like well when they're older how do they then deal with it that was one of my questions you know should you hide death from children you know i think we talk about people having babies so we talk about pregnancy we talk about new babies we talk about it in such a positive way yet because we have a tendency to assign sadness to death Mm. which yeah it is absolutely can be devastating dependent on circumstances and all those sorts of things but on the whole it's a sad situation Mm. But it's a part of life. Mm. And what we want to do is prepare our children for life. Mm -hmm. And we do come up against sadness in different things. And 
it has to be age appropriate. It has to be around the age bracket they are. But if we never talk about it, Mm -hmm. they make it up in their heads. Mm. So they start to go, well, where's that person gone? Mm -hmm. They've just left me. That is a big concept for a little one to kind of process. Well, why did they go? If everyone just says they're not here anymore, mm-hmm. where did they go? Um, we, you know, we heard terminology like they've passed or they've gone away. We've lost them. Or we've lost them. Or we've they've gone to a better place. Mm-hmm. Well, if they've gone to a better place, why don't we all go there? Yeah. It, and that's, you know, when you think about adult terminology, we do it to protect each other. But we all know what passed away means or lost means in the concept of bereavement our children are literal so if we have lost someone we need to go find them yeah if someone has passed they've passed what yeah. they've passed something to you or they've, they've pa- gone past something yeah, yeah. Uh, you know someone's gone where have they gone let's give them a ring and find out where they are mm-hmm. and so you have to get into that kind of mind of a child and go if they're hearing these words, what do they actually think's happened? Mm-hmm. And you don't ever want a child to think, well, this person's just left and gone. And they don't love me or they chose to go to a And they didn't say place. goodbye or whatever, yeah. That's certainly not what we want our children to do. And terminology in bereavement is probably one of the biggest factors. So like you talked about when I gave you that scenario... Mm. And you're like, the rabbit's not sleeping, the rabbit's died. Died, dead and dying, tough words to hear, but they are what what it is. Mm -hmm. Someone has died. And when we use that terminology, a child can then start to understand, so what does died mean? Mm -hmm. We want to put terminology that they can understand and that actually helps them with their literal understanding. Yeah, so... When what sort of age? When can a child start to understand the concept and the sort of well, the finality, I suppose, of death? Okay, so between kind of two and five, they start to kind of develop kind of an ability to talk about things that might have died. They don't have the finality, the understanding of the finality of death, mm-hmm. but. If people are using this terminology around them, they will they might not understand that that person doesn't come back or that it's the finality of death that tends to be when they're a bit older. So between kind of six and 12, depending on your kind of child's development as well and things like that, where they are kind of socially and emotionally. But from a quite a young age, again, if they hear the terminology, if they... You know, if you do have flowers that have died mm-hmm. in the house and it's like, oh, my flowers have died, I'm going to, you know. Because yeah, you would never say you've lost your flowers, would you? No, you yeah, wouldn't say your pa- flowers have passed yeah. or they need to go to a better place. Yeah. It's like they've died. Yeah, you see, that's a- the hard thing though, isn't it? That was the hard thing because then I said, what do we do with them? Because you do, you throw the flowers away. So it's that's it's really, like, it's you have to be so careful and think about it so because you don't want to say well, your, the flowers died and you put them in the bin, what happens to grandpa? Do you, I mean, I know that but sounds But then you would bit... probably go, but remember, flowers are a plant. So they go back into the ground 
and they, you know... Oh, you're good at this, Claire. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> but they're, but yeah, they're, no, it's they're right. Apart. Yeah, yeah. Whereas grandpa is a person, and so it, they have a body. And what happens, you know, when they die, and this is where it gets a bit more complex mm. in that you have to decide and be very clear what your beliefs are, what your, you know, what mm. is it that... It's not a story, it's what do you want your child to know and what do you as a family believe in? So some people will believe in being very open and honest and so they will talk about that it's um, the body and that it goes into a coffin and it goes into a grave and that's why we go to a churchyard or gravestone, you know, to see and, you know, talk to our loved one. Other people might not want to do that and they might talk about them being a star in the sky or they might talk about them going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, It might even sound, you know, really... Some people will talk about cremation Mm -hmm. and explain what that is because it is something that happens. Mm -hmm. And so I remember my first... I was... I actually had three of my grandparents die in um, 16 months of each other. So it was very quick. So um, I definitely (laughs) had a big introduction to kind of losing close loved ones. Um, And I think because of the way I was brought up and I actually knew the difference between someone who was buried and someone who was cremated. I understood about ashes because it was just talked about. Mm -hmm. So when that happened with my grandparents, it wasn't, that bit wasn't a shock. So I was dealing with the emotion of my grandparents, but I wasn't trying to process all these other things. What was going to happen? No. What's a funeral? What's this? What's that? Where are they going to go? Where do they go? And I was trying to process how I feel emotionally. And I think that is about that preparation and lead up. I'm not talking about constantly talking to your children about death, but it might be that if you do have a pet that dies, do you do a little funeral service for them? Mm -hmm. Do you bury them and explain that that's what you do? Even if it's the goldfish. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would say on goldfish, just random there, but try not to flush them down the toilet. Oh, we did that. Yeah, it's really not a good idea. And I know someone who did that and the fish actually came alive again by flushing it down the toilet because the power of the flush, the water hitting it, kind of done like a CPR. Oh, fish. my goodness. So then it was swimming back around in the toilet bowl. And the oh, children sorry, were like... No. <laughs> the children were like, oh, the fish is alive again! Oh, my so goodness, it's a magic had, toilet or something. Then they had a bit of a concept that every time fish died you could just put them in the toilet revive them and bring them back out again so that got a little bit confusing and i've also known families who have maybe had like a rabbit die Mm. and thought can't bear to tell the children quickly gone out got another rabbit and replaced it Mm. um and just a really quick story on that i did have one family who did that they had a beautiful white rabbit it's quite small um and it died so dad was like, I can't do this. I've, we're just going to replace it. We can't tell the children. They'll be devastated. He went out, obviously in a bit of a rush, obviously not really thinking about things. Came back with a lovely white rabbit. Very similar to the one the children had. However, he'd bought a baby version. He'd actually bought a giant 
rabbit that hadn't yet grown. Oh, no. Yeah, so this was a baby one. Yes, same size as their previous rabbit. At However, the time? At the time. So they had like a dwarf rabbit. He'd bought a giant version. Oh, no. This thing kept growing. And the children were like, whoa. What's that? It's getting so big. Had to buy a new hutch. Everything because they just kept growing. And one of the children went, Why has this suddenly started growing? Six years old. (laughs) And um, and then it was the best part was about a couple of years in, one of the children went, It's so funny because it grew and its eyes changed (laughs) colour. And the rabbit had had blue eyes and this rabbit had red eyes, whatever it was. And it was like, How did that happen? It's like, right, now it's time for confessions. This is what happened. And it was all done for protection. Of course, yeah. But it's also going, you can only do that for so long. At some point you need to start to to talk about it, yeah. And your children need to be able to process that. So try not to avoid the topic. Um, And you may find that when you talk about it, children might become obsessed by it. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly asking, you know, I've had one of my godchildren who went up to a lady in a cafe and said, you're really old, aren't you? I think you're going to die soon. Oh, no. That's awkward. Um, and <laughs> and um, the old lady, bless her, said, thank you for, thank you. Yes, that's probably <laughs> going to be the case. And I just had to apologise and say, I'm really sorry. She's just Learning. processing yeah about death and Mm -hmm. I said and she's kind of got the concept that old people Mm -hmm. and she's like well she's not wrong and I'm like no I know but she probably didn't need to come up and tell me (laughs) but you know she also was asking about where do they go what happens Mm -hmm. you know what happens to this why do we bury people like she had so many questions she even started drawing tombstone pictures with all of our names on them oh right which horrified everyone yeah and everyone started to think they were really morbid. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's just learning. Yeah. If she was drawing pictures of babies... Yeah, it would be fine. Everyone would be like... Mm-mm. Yeah. But because she was drawing pictures of tombstones, I know it's not normal, to the normal concept. But actually, it was a great way of her communicating yeah. what she was trying to process. But w- some children write to people who have died, don't mm-hmm. they? And what... Is that okay? Yeah, and I think it's a you know it's a great way of them getting their feelings out. Sometimes we all go, oh, I wish they were still here for mm-hmm. me to tell them. And I think sometimes actually to write it down in a letter and feel like you've got it out mm-hmm. is quite a nice. But what do you do? Do you because you know you you can't obviously keep up that they're going to write back. No. And where does it go? But I don't think you say that you're. You're writing it for them to get a reply. This is talking to them and saying, you have a lot of feelings and there's a lot going on and that you feel like you want to tell Mm -hmm. that person. So it might help to write it down and write, you know, as if you're writing a letter to them. Mm -hmm. And then you could have something like a memory box Mm -hmm. and that you put those letters in that memory box and then when that child's older, they can actually... Read what what they've written. And it, again, can be a really good kind of coping process Mm. to their grief that they will go through and grief doesn't is not just for a certain amount of time after you had someone die it will you know grief doesn't go anywhere you just adapt and work through your grief process and you still have those memories other days it can be Mm all-consuming and so 
our children are exactly the same. Sometimes there's things that can just trigger you, can't they? And you go, oh, yeah, that's their birthday. Or Yeah, well, even still, we remember Granny's birthday yep. every year, and she died, well, a long time ago now, 10 yeah, years ago, something. And, I, and so. it's always that kind of, oh, you know, Granny would have been... Yeah, always, yeah. yeah. And it's you funny, just think, isn't it? they'd probably be like 103 now. And you just keep going, but I think it's that keeping that memory alive... Mm-hmm. Um, so memory boxes are really lovely. And what other do, things could you do? Can you do to help them through their grief? Uh, just going back on writing the letters. Lots of people tend to put letters on the bottom of balloons and then send balloons, mm. particularly if the belief is that they're a star in the sky or maybe uh-huh. someone's in heaven. Just you know, be careful with those sorts of things because just avoid being anywhere near trees or built-up areas because it's heartbreaking if they get caught in the tree and they can't make make their and they way. can see it and then they don't feel their letter got to the person and you can't get it no yeah. and i said um you know i would say that's that is probably the most heartbreaking thing to watch yeah. so um but it might be that you have the letter and you say you're sending up the balloon but you keep the letter so that it can go into a memory box it's lovely you know things like very often when someone if you know someone is going to die or if someone has died and very often people start talking about oh I remember when Mm -hmm. or they really liked that or they really enjoyed doing that I remember a holiday when when you hear those things particularly if children if it's someone very close to your child and they're younger write those things down Mm -hmm. Um, I work for an with amazing family who went through awful bereavement um and this mum was just incredible I think we're going to hope to maybe get her on a podcast one day um and she was supporting her stepson through the bereavement of his mum and as he talked he was only little everything he said like the color of her dressing gown how she used to kiss him goodnight and what she used to say and his stepmom wrote everything she heard him say and he now has that book and so he has all those her favorite perfume where she you know met um his dad all those things are now in a book for him to keep i know other people put them in a jar so each time they hear something they pop it in a jar and then there's their memory jar um but anything like that and again using names of people lots of people don't talk about who's died and they start to avoid the name because they don't want to cause upset so it causes that elephant in the room Mm -hmm. why that person's been there that person is a massive part of that you know even a pet yes yeah even a pet is a big part of a family Mm -hmm. and so why don't we use the name we use it when they're alive yeah yeah and i think sometimes we're afraid of upsetting someone but typically what happens is by not talking about it, we upset them more. Yeah. Because very often when we're going through grief is we want to talk about it. We want to process it. And we the worst thought is that everyone forgets. Mm-hmm. So remembering, you know, having memories and logging things such as birthdays and special things so that you go, oh, yeah, it would have been... Mm-hmm granny's birthday or it would have been you know whoever it is 
it's it's having that Mm -hmm. kind of memory element in there and trying to remember those things yeah I think it is really important to talk about people and and pets and things isn't it because you do it's funny actually because we were we very recently had a bereavement and um my husband said to me about shall I should I send them a message shall I you know get in touch almost like because they perhaps they won't want to talk about it and I was like yeah because I mean if they don't want to talk about it that's fine but if you don't contact them then that makes it almost like you know we don't care about it and it it is important to keep those memories alive with children as well isn't it absolutely yeah and I just don't know why we wouldn't no and I think if we talk about it and it's like oh that makes me feel sad it's like no it makes me feel sad too to think that they're not here to see this or to do that but do you remember when Mm -hmm. or if it was before your child really has memories of that person have photos of them talk about them um kind of talk about what they liked what they didn't like those you know those things again the children are like intrigued if they see photos and they go well who was that that's like well th- that was your great granny and she did this and she did that and she was such a character or whatever it is but it's part of their history and i think again it helps them understand that things the circle yeah. yeah i don't know if um children do this as well but i always remember my dad talking about um how uh people that had had sons or partners or husbands that had died and that they felt like they had had conversations with them mm-hmm. you know and they so one man said to dad you know or I, his son who was obviously they were, you know they weren't children but um his his son had died and he was in the garden and his son was in the garden and he talked to him and then and he had a lovely conversation and they talked about this and they talked about that and then um, my granny used said that my grandpa used to go and when he died he used to come and sit on the bed and he always used to do that anyway give her a cup of tea and mm-hmm. they'd have a chat and she said oh you know Frank came and had a chat on the and it was real and that's okay and I don't know do children do similar stuff to that like say I've seen they, yeah. yeah they might say yeah I saw and it's not about we're not getting into the whole ghosts or anything ghosts no, or yeah. that there's a, you know that's not no. that discussion but actually what it is it's a bit like our imagination mm. and it's us processing mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to run through those conversations with that person to kind of go okay well it's fine and they're normally here they normally do this mm. and you know i've had lots of children say they see that person mm-hmm. and it's like but very often they say it to see what the reaction is right yeah because it's that whole well did i well, how are you going to react do you want to hear about mm-hmm. what i've you know i've spoken to granny or whatever and if someone goes no you haven't that's not the okay. case it's like oh okay i can't really talk about this it might be going oh well what, what did you talk about yeah and it might be, and they may only do it a couple of times, and then they don't do it again. But it's sometimes just them trying to work out exactly. What and like, I think Dad always used to say, "Yeah, that's okay." Mm. You know, it's a bit like well, it's a coping it, you had a nice, you had a nice chat. Well, that's good. You know, mm. that's a good thing because it's it's sort of getting used to that concept, isn't yeah. it? And and if you see it on quite a lot of TV programs when they talk about bereavement and death. 
there's often a character that comes back and kind of guides them yeah as yeah, such, yeah or they kind of you know, suggest that they've had that conversation and mm-hmm. sometimes it is it's a coping strategy it's a a way that someone processes what they're going through and it can be an actual you know it can be a shock to the system if someone has died and so actually it's a way of coping with that stress mm-hmm. and that shock that they kind of have to do that you know they say what they need to say they yeah it's a bit like writing that letter to say the lot of the things you you haven't said and what have you yeah and so sort of almost a bit, a bit sort of jumping back a little bit but what about funerals and things what should children be involved in funerals and how young and because there's always that I think there's a bit of a yeah should they go this is really personal choice mm. this is about a family decision but where if you're talking to your children and involving your children and they know you're going off to a funeral and they say I want to come too mm-hmm. you need to give them the information about what is a funeral because I had one little one and she's like why is everyone going to a party and I'm not oh. and it's like oh it's not quite a party and she's like well everyone's going and they're all dressed up <laughs> and and actually what it had been is she'd heard about the wake right yeah and someone had said we'll give him a good send-off we'll give him a good party yeah and she'd gone oh party <laughs> there's gonna <laughs> be cake in. um lots of people think it would be too upsetting for a child to see but you also again as children get older there's the question of how do they say their goodbyes how yeah. do they get their closure and I think it's about the individual child, where they are in their development, where are they in their understanding. But sitting down and going, this is what a funeral is. Yeah. So we would go to church, crematorium, whatever. Um, actually, people probably will be, might be a bit sad and pe- some people will cry. There might be the coffin there. So, we, you know, well, there will be the coffin mm-hmm. there. So that looks like, you know this that sort of thing we're going to be in a car that follows and it sounds like um, probably, people are probably listening going oh I don't mm. have that conversation but if you explain it and they go actually <laughs> no thanks no thank you <laughs> but if you don't explain it they yeah. think they're coming to a party or they're coming to see all their relatives mm-hmm. and suddenly they're faced with funeral cars coffin silence silence people crying yeah Gosh, that's a lot. Yeah. But if they go, no, I was told people would be crying, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. I knew I'd see the coffin, and I've seen what a coffin looks like, and that's what I can see. So then they can cope with all the other bits. Mm-hmm. It's like I said before: the more we can prepare them, mm-hmm. and the more honest we are with them, the more trust they're they're going to have more trust in us. Mm-hmm. The more we explain stuff to them. Yeah. When we don't explain things, they make it up in their heads. I think I've learned that talking to children and explaining to children and telling them what's coming up crosses so many different everything. Well, everything. Like even down to what we're going to have for tea. You know, if you tell them way in advance, it's going to be less of a... Oh, you didn't tell me I was going to have that type thing. So it's a sim. It's, it's that all whole about processing. Making sure that they know what's coming up. Absolutely. And, you know, if they go... Actually, I've heard that people might be a bit sad. I don't think I want to go. Um, it is then them making a choice. And it might be you can come to the funeral if you want to. And again, this is probably older children. 
not you know not necessarily teenage but it could be kind of your more school age mm-hmm. children but then I have also known younger children go to a funeral mm-hmm. as well um but it might be okay if you don't want to do the funeral do you want to come to what's called a wake afterwards and that's where we you know have sandwiches and a little drink and you can see such and such and such you know and that's a way that you can remember yeah we celebrate their life type thing yeah Yeah. um so it's very personal but one thing i would kind of say is the british culture is quite an unusual one when it comes to death if you look about the rest of the world Mm. so many other countries and cultures and everything else celebrate mm-hmm. and it's such it is a party it is a yeah. party and you celebrate the life of that person and that everyone talks about it mm-hmm. and you know for some cultures it's even having the coffin at home before mm-hmm. they go and i think it's very personal to your culture your Absolutely. you know nationality all those sorts of things but here you know it, sometimes in our british culture it's a bit stiff up a lip mm-hmm. Well, and there you go. This is the whole, and then this is the whole, should you cry? Yeah. You know, should you actually let your child see you cry? And that's very often why people don't want children at a funeral. Yeah, because they, they don't want their children to see them cry. Because you wouldn't necessarily, because that's, that's the hardest thing, I think. Going back to the question you gave me at the beginning, if I saw a rabbit dead on the road, or on whatever, on a walk... I'm not going to cry about that. And that's quite a hard thing to then say. But if a, that person... Well, you didn't cry when the rabbit... Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's quite trying to explain that emotional attachment at the same time. Yes, but it's kind of going... But remember, I didn't know the rabbit. Mm-hmm. And the rabbit had a, you know, its own family who probably mm. you know, might have been sad. Mm. And that's okay to feel sad. And it's mm-hmm. okay to maybe feel a little bit angry that that person's died. That's normal Because sometimes people, children do feel angry, don't they? Yeah. That, yeah. Um, some children feel confused, lost, frustrated, you know, mm. empty, all those, you know, there's so many emotions that come mm-hmm. with. And so it is, you know, it, it's thinking about the emotional side that goes with it, but mm-hmm. not... Those emotions are natural and it's how you allow them the opportunity to show those emotions mm-hmm. in a healthy way. And sometimes seeing you upset, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that is so wrong for our children to see. No. And it, it may upset them. I, you know, I, I hate seeing my parents yeah, cry. Yeah. I hate it. Not that it doesn't happen very no. often, but it's happened at But funerals. it's seeing them as a vulnerable person where actually they're your, your strength and, and that. And so you see them vulnerable and that actually is a bit scary, isn't it? It can be. It is, but it also makes me go, oh, that's okay. Mum and dad get sad yeah. about that. Well, and that's what it should be like, really. And so, actually, it? if I got upset, they mm-hmm. would look after me. Yeah, so exactly. It is that kind of two-way thing. And yeah. I think sometimes, you know, we do have to show mm-hmm. that we have those emotions and those emotions are okay to have. Yeah. So, going back to the question at the beginning and maybe just finalising with three tips to sort of prepare children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go back to your scenario. We kind of touched on it a bit as we've gone yeah, through, we haven't did, we? Yeah. I think you did really well. And I'd, you said something along the lines of that you'd feel a bit queasy, so you might be a bit shocked. Yeah, and that's yeah, not what you want to show children yeah. anyway. But actually, it's not a bad thing 
to show no. them. Obviously, there's a difference between, you know, showing them if you're scared of something, yeah, yeah. like a spider. And it's a bit like you probably don't want to be showing those sorts of things because you don't want them to have the same. Yeah, yeah. But to be like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, goodness. I didn't think that we would see a rabbit that's, you know, died. That's really sad to see. Yeah. That actually makes me feel a bit sad. And that's where you start your conversation. And I think, you know, if they say, is it sleeping? It's like, no. Because when we're sleeping, we're, our body is still growing. And oh, that's one thing, isn't it, you've said before, about how if you say sleeping as well, then they start to worry, can't they? Yeah. So sleeping yeah. is totally different. Sleeping is where we breathe in and out, mm-hmm. we're growing, we're learning. We wake up. We wake up, mm-hmm. all those things. However, when someone dies, you know, or when an animal dies, their heart isn't working anymore. They're not breathing mm-hmm. Um, and it means that they've died. And mm. so they are totally different. And you can always say, is, is its legs moving? Mm. Is it is anything, of it, you know, but when we sleep, still bits, you know, we're still moving and we're still mm. breathing. But when we die, that doesn't happen. And some children will be like, am I going to die? Yeah. And it's like, everything will die one day. But very often it's when we're so much older. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when we're really old, you've got lots and lots of time and all those sorts of things. And it's like, but what about, mm-hmm. and they start to then ask about different family members yeah. or things like that. And you just go, it's not anything, you know, it's something that happens, but it's not something that's to worry about no. now. You know, it's sometimes when people get really, really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um and they might be like, but I was really poorly, I had a cold. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's okay. Lots of people get poorly and mm-hmm. lots of people go to hospital and come out of hospital. The conversation can yeah, go, go quite a long way. Mm-hmm. However, so can explaining how babies are made. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and how do babies get it? That conversation can go on and yeah, on yeah. and on. Yeah, yeah. Yet we tend to be okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. And it's a bit like, sometimes we're a bit awkward, but we kind of keep... It's not a problem if they keep asking. Uh-huh. But when they keep asking about death, yeah. we tend to shut it down a bit. Mm-hmm. So um, you absolutely, you know, answering that it's not it, you know, it's not sleeping, it's died, using that terminology, being really clear with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the flowers mm-hmm. and flowers die, all those sorts of things. Um, and then if they bring it up later on, it's talk okay to keep it. talking about mm-hmm. it. And... You know, there's so many books that mm. talk about, you know, children's storybooks that talk about death mm-hmm. in a very lovely kind of, you know, mm. way, but it introduces concepts. And I would absolutely say having those books, not just when someone no, goes through before, oh, have yeah. it before. There's mm-hmm. some beautiful ones that are not, you know, Mm-hmm. laying out exactly what's going on it is there there's some really lovely books out there there's some lovely resources to talk about comes back to what i always talk about always talk about feelings about feeling sad happy mm-hmm. frustrated annoyed all those things but yeah i would definitely say some of the bereavement you know book story books are a definite kind mm-hmm. of good one good. to have in there so three things so it would be to talk about it and not be scared to talk about it Absolutely. would be the first thing. And use thing. the right terminology. Use, use the right terminology is a, is a second yeah, so thing. So dead, died, dying, mm-hmm. not past, lost. And what would the third one be? I think it would probably be think about how you are about the whole concept and 
how you approach bereavement mm. and death before you do anything else. And I suppose it's also thinking about, like you said, about your um, the story, like where do they go? What is your what is your belief, and yeah. what do you want your children to believe? Because and that actually, you, I remember you said to me a little while ago, if somebody does die, and you want them, the children, to have the story that they are a star in the sky, to tell school, yeah, or whoever nursery, tell that that's, anyone who's going to have that conversation, so with the that children. they are having the same conversation because mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's but hard. also think about the cons, the, the knock on to that. Okay, you tell them they're a star in the sky. How did they get there? Yeah, of course. And if they're a star in the sky, do you still go and visit a grave? Mm-hmm. Because they're in the sky. Because they're in the sky. So uh, there's... You have to think through think quite a lot. Through, and you? I think it's about having a conversation if, you know, if you're in um, with your partner, mm-hmm. if that's the case, you both need to be on the same page. But you don't have to have that story, do you? No, I mean, they can just have died and be yes. buried and... Yep. that's it and you can believe in you know spirits or it can be or it can don't. be religious yep. or it can be yeah Any it just depends things. what you want yeah. absolutely but I think also if you do go through a bereavement and it's a particularly traumatic mm-hmm. you know for you or for your children or whatever then there's so many amazing resources mm-hmm. out there so many amazing books on how to talk to mm-hmm. your children not just the children's storybooks but also there's so many charities yeah that have the most amazing resources. Yeah. Winston's Wish is Winston's great, Wish is great. Child Bereavement in the UK, all yeah. of those. Yeah. Definitely look at their resources. And, and we've like got said, so yeah, we've got the blog, haven't we? We've also yeah. got our webinar on um, how to talk to children, mm-hmm. and and we've also got some of our stuff on social media as well. Yeah, we've done so some, on, on um, our social media at Bespoke Family on yeah. all of them. We've done quite a bit on bereavement and you know going through even to making sure that you're ready if you die and your Mm -hmm. will and planning for making sure that the children have got a good guardian and I mean the the topic is huge isn't it It but um yeah and weirdly it's one of our favorites I know and that sounds sounds, really morbid it does and I always feel bad saying it but it's such an important topic that we don't talk enough about yeah I think there's I think there's a huge gap isn't there that people don't talk Mm -hmm. about it so we hope it hasn't been too triggering and that it has helped and you know like we said we're more than happy to talk to people if they want to and we said you know you can find us on uh, at bespoke family across all social media um, and obviously via our website well i enjoyed that yeah (laughs) so we really hope you've enjoyed that and um, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast everything for today thanks for listening if there's something you'd like us to talk about we'd love you to get in touch and let us know find us on facebook and instagram at bespoke family or head to our website the links are in our show notes make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear we're bex and claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of newborn to teen and everything in between see you then see you then